I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Boer Breakdown Podcast with Johnny, Dana and Tom. We are the Boer Podcast that gives you the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs of Millsworth Football Club. And well, a defeat and a draw against promotion chasing Bournemouth and Watford have pretty much ended Borough's hopes of the playoffs this season. Uh, Dana, I'm going to kick things off with you. Neil Warnock said that Borough needs some big performances uh, if they were to make the playoffs and especially in the next three games. Uh, obviously, we've played two of those now, but... Need some big playoffs to hit, uh, big chip, big performances to hit the playoffs. Um, do you think the Borough put in some big performances? No, <laughs> simply put, no. Next question. <laughs> 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 but seriously, I mean, the Bournemouth game. To be fair, both the Bournemouth game and the Watford game felt like pre-season friendlies. They were just. There was just no tempo. The, the Bournemouth game, there was no urgency. Whenever we went forward, we didn't really look like we had mu- much idea of, of what we were doing. And whenever we go to Bournemouth, you need to have that battle in midfield. And we, we didn't have that. And they're always very strong in those central areas. And we weren't. We were completely anonymous. We needed battlers and, and we just didn't get them. And then the Watford game, I mean, Jesus Christ. Good, good result, but awful, awful game of football. It wasn't the best, was it? It wasn't the best, but yeah, you know, you're saying that Millsbury need a bit of uh, midfield grit, and have to we have to win the second balls at Bournemouth. We haven't won at Bournemouth since 1991, and even then, it took us extra time to get past them uh, in the second round of the League Cup. So there you are, you bore, you bore a history lesson. Um, but Tom, Dan said there wasn't really much, real much quality. Um, but we did show glimpses. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that you know the the Paddy McNair cross and uh, for the for the goal today, and then also the 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 goal from Duncan Watmore up on as well to, to draw his level. Um, but what do you think Borough need to do to to reach that next step and to get into the playoff places? To be honest, I think it's just. Uh, it strengthening the squad and and putting more new players in over the summer. I, I don't think. We're going to take that next step for the rest of this season. Um, I think we're just a bit light. Um, I'd prefer to see McNair going into centre midfield now. Um, 
I agree with what Robbie Stockdale said on our previous podcast. If you're not listening to that, go give it a listen now. Um, I, I agree what what he said, where it's like a box to box midfielder who can get you ten goals a season from from midfield. I think the the first time I kind of really saw that from him was that preseason friendly against Sunderland, the one that got abandoned at half time because um, we hadn't really seen a lot of that from him uh, before that. But I think we've seen enough over the last couple of seasons to kind of show that. But he is needed in centre defence at the moment with Fry out, and I think that's probably one of the one of the areas we need to strengthen. Um, McNair, I think we, we've mentioned it's needing a box to box midfielder over the last couple of podcasts. I think he he could do that. Hopefully, Marcy's not out for for too long. Obviously, they've, they've said it'll be the end of the season uh, today, which is disappointing. But we need a couple more additions to to the spine of the team. I think and. And also the wingers. Uh, I'd hope we address that over the summer, um, and that would be the next step we we take. I'd, like I said, I don't think it's going to happen uh, for the rest of this season now. Yeah, well, we, we, a little bit later on, we're going to discuss the potential signings that Bora might need, or who we might need to let go of to to make those signings happen. And it's interesting that you say that, and it's interesting that we'll come up with, to Marcus Bettinelli in, in a moment, Dennis. So be prepared. Um, I'm looking forward to to hearing your thoughts on Marcus Bettinelli. Um, but let's chat about Bournemouth first and we'll move on to Watford. Um, Middlesbrough lost 3-1 to Jonathan Woodgate's Bournemouth on Good Friday. Um, typical Borough, really, uh, to lose against a former manager. Um, but Tom, why do you think that Bournemouth got the result on Friday? I think it was just a bit more extra quality than, than we have. Um, I noticed quite a few times when they were going quite direct. Um, their strikers had, had too much pace for, for our defence, really. Um, and, and we made a, a few kind of silly mistakes. Obviously, there was that one for the second goal. Uh, Sam Morsi, bad touch, and then it went to, it, it dropped to the edge of the box. And I know Warnock said he, Morsi had apologised to everyone after that. Um, I think just in a, in a successful season, you don't see those mistakes quite often. I think there were a couple of options he, he could have had there uh, rather than try to stop it and ultimately losing possession. But yeah, I, I think with, with both Bournemouth and Wofford, they are still probably bottom half Premier League teams. Um, obviously not quite good enough last season, but they, they have that quality there. Uh, they have that added bit of pace there, which which we didn't have, and it caused us problems. Yeah, I thought they did. Um, I thought Bournemouth were probably the better sides on the day anyway. I didn't think we really got going. I think the only time we showed that real glimpse of quality, Tom, was the was the goal, to be honest, where it was a lovely play into and then a turn away from from, from what Martin knocking in the bottom corner. Um, but apart from that, there wasn't really much that we could, have, we could have done, to be honest, and I think we'll come on to it shortly. But Dana, Marcus Bettinelli. Discuss. <laughs> I have a question for you. I, I, my question is, do you think he was questionable against Bournemouth and he's been questionable this season? But I just thought, you know what? I'm going to let you roll with it, Max Bernelli. <laughs> you want to get the butter kissed out first. But no, um, <clears throat> I mean, I put the stats up on, on Twitter the other day. He's got the third worst ratio at save ratio in the division, which for a goalkeeper, I mean, if that's your biggest weakness... 
there's a problem there. And although there's, you know, the counter argument to that I've seen this season is that he's not the biggest problem in the team. And I, I do agree with that, but he still is a problem for me. And whilst he's still a problem, I think we need to slowly look towards it. I think we probably are getting a new keeper in for next season. For me, it isn't Marcus Bertinelli. I just don't trust him. Whenever the ball comes over the top and you need your goalkeeper to be proactive and claim it and be strong, I just don't trust him in those situations. I don't trust him, you know, with shots against him. Obviously, the stat pretty much indicates that that is a weakness of his. And he always parries it into danger. He did it again today. I mean, he wasn't at fault for the goal. There was a lot of things wrong with the goal that, that Watford scored. But he parried it straight into danger. Um, and I think the only thing that I could really trust him with is crosses, claiming crosses. I don't think there's been many times, or I can't remember anywhere, that he's fumbled anything like that. But in terms of open play and shots against him, he's he's struggled this season. And if you're a goalkeeper and that is your biggest weakness, then... I mean, this is a goalkeeper that got dropped for Marek Rodak at Fulham. Marek Rodak, at that point, his previous season, he spent on loan in the division below at Rotherham. And there's a reason for that. He was obviously performing incredibly poorly. And I remember when we were going to discuss Marcus Bertinelli a couple of weeks ago, weren't we? Um, and I remember I listened back to the podcast that we recorded after he signed. And you asked me the question, Johnny, what are your thoughts on it? And I was a little bit hesitant, but... I sort of said, I was, I was a little bit on the fence, really, but the, the thoughts that I had in regards to Marcus Bertinelli weren't particularly optimistic, and I think we've seen this season the struggles that he's had. So, for me, new goalkeeper needed uh, next season. Yeah, you put a photo of Sol Brin up, um, so you just do, don't look like you're right, Jordan Archer either, do you? <laughs> Well, that's the thing. We've got two goalkeepers. I mean, you you, you take Marcus Bettinelli out, Bettinelli out the firing line. You put John Archer in, and you're thinking, Jesus Christ, can it get any worse? But no, Solbrin, get him in goal. Give him a chance. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, well, we, we sold Ainsley Pears last year. And so, I mean, I don't think he was that great either. So, we're, we're not very blessed in the goalkeeping positions at the moment, are we? I think having such. I know, yeah, bring, bring back Stojanovic, I say. Bring him back. The forgotten um, man. The, the forgotten man from Macedonia, yeah. <laughs> bring him back. Um, but yeah, I think with Bettinelli, I think his, his CV on paper looks great. You know, with the promotions, uh, he's, ha- he's had international... Well, he's played at uh, under-21 level as well. So, you know, you think that he has, he has a good pedigree there. Um, but I think for the last few weeks, everything that he's done has been pretty questionable. But then also you have to look at he's being part of promotion sides. So have those promotion sides been good defensively? And he hasn't had many uh, shots to save. And so when he gets put into a side like ours, who uh, you know don't have much of the ball at all, you know you've got to be ready. Um, and I think he's made a couple of clangers this year. But with every goalkeeper, though, it's under a microscope. So if you you can make a thousand saves and you get remembered for the. For, for the one mistake, but he's starting to make quite a few of those mistakes now, and I think it's going to be quite questionable, but yeah, I, I, can't, I don't think he's your, one of your favourite players, to be honest, I don't know. so uh, I'm going to, I'll I'll leave the question, the next question to Tom, um, and say, Tom, he's on a free next season, uh, so, is jo- so is Jordan Archer as well, so just uh, bear in mind, they're both on free next season, would you keep him or not? Uh, Archer, maybe uh, as a backup option. You know, I, I think I said before he's he's been a, a number one at Millwall. Fair enough. Their fans might not have rated him, but he, he's got championship experience. And as a backup option, you wouldn't expect him to be playing a lot. 
or unless there was some sort of kind of bad injury or something. But Bettinelli, personally, I wouldn't. Um, personally, he's, he's not one of my kind of favourite Spurra goalkeepers either. Um, I think a couple of the things he does well um, and, and what I think he's been told to focus on this season, uh, which is kind of an opposite of what we did last season, are just kicking the ball when it comes back to him. Like last season, we might have tried to play it out from the back. Um, he, he just kind of kicks up, up the field and sometimes his, uh, his delivery from, from kicking is all right. For me, I think we need a better shot stopper because there has been some goals especially recently as well where he hasn't saved him and it's been like questionable should he have saved it obviously I would think he should have saved it from being a goalkeeper at what five aside seven aside I'm just sat there like I could have saved that but um, I I think we are in need of a a better uh, shot stopper and a better physical presence and I know we were talking in the um, the group chat this week about goalkeepers we might potentially like to see play for us next season. I mentioned uh, Bialkowski. Um, I think he's, he's still at Millwall, isn't he? Mm-hmm, he is, And yeah. um, looked into it, he's a year left under his contract. That's the type of goalkeeper I think I'd want to see next season. Someone who is a, a shot stopper and is quite a, a big physical presence in the box as well. Yeah, he's up there in terms of the ratings as well, isn't he, Dana? So it's, uh, would you like to see Bialkowski in goal next year, Dana, or would you like to see someone else? Yeah, I'd like to see him in goal. I don't think Neil Madison would just for the pronunciation of his name, but he's a, he's a good <laughs> <laughs> he's a good goalkeeper, and I think he's proven in the past couple of years. You know, he's an experienced Championship player, but I think with experience, it's not all about that. You need to be a good player as well, and I think Bielkowski is. You know, he's a he's a top goalkeeper, very vocal, but also a good shot stopper, very um, physical, like like Tom said, a, a calming presence. I think, and Millwall don't allow a lot of goals against them. I remember when I was doing the breakdown of them a couple of weeks ago, they, they were one of the best defences in the division. I think he's a big part of that, you know, the organisation, the experience that he brings. Um, so, I, yeah, I would love to see him at Borough. Interesting. Very interesting choice. You know, you might go for someone else. There's quite a few uh, out of contact this season. So, who knows? There's a Wayne Hennessy available if you want a 34-year-old goalkeeper. Um, Demi was, you know, 38 when we were in playoffs. So, I never know, but there's there's so many keepers available. I think Borussia should have the, have the ability to uh to bring someone in. But I think on, on the flip side, you go well. Should we keep Bettinelli for one more year? He's already played in this squad once. You know, the communication will be there. The relationships there. Do you just, you know do you give him one one or two more years? But from from your opinions, guys, um, I don't think Steve Gibson's going to pick up the phone and say, yeah, you can have that Neil Warnock. I don't think. Um, but let's let's move on to Watford um, and, and today's game as well. And Dan, you said at the start it wasn't a, a one to remember. It wasn't one for the history books. Um, and it took a while to get going. It felt really flat. It felt like one of those like dust ball things that go like go across and there's like nothing happening. Um, to be fair, I thought I, I used the time very productively. I was asking people what they were doing, and I got my you know fil- I'm doing a movie night tonight. So uh, did you, did you choose a genre? genre. Well, the, the fans have said a horror film, but I'm not really feeling a horror film, to be honest. Um, Just watched one on Sky Sports, didn't you? I did, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started watching a bit of the Sunderland game as well uh, whilst uh, we were setting up, and that wasn't great either, so... Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a struggle, to be honest, but I feel like I might just go for a rom-com or a, a, a thriller. Um, Good choice. We'll, we'll yeah, so... You, yeah, that's how exciting my life is at the minute. Um, but <laughs> Watford, Dana, the the the, the lead, when they took the lead um, in in the second half, 
potential handball there? Do you think? Do you think that uh, they've got away with one? Yeah, a little bit, but I don't really look at that thinking that was the biggest problem. As weird as that sounds, because um, if it's handball, it's handball by the rules. But the way that the the move played out, I mean, Housen. <laughs> Housen's clearance was quite something, wasn't it? I mean, Jesus Christ. And then um, Bettinelli parries it straight back into danger and then Matt Bowler's clearance, like, <laughs> out of all the players it could could have fallen to as a Watford player. So there was a lot of mistakes in that in that goal and it just brings me back to last season when we, we were conceding a lot of goals through our own errors and you know, Neil Warnock can blame the referees all he wants, but we are the masters of our own downfall. We, we'll we always shoot ourselves in the foot. And that's the one thing or one of the things that hasn't changed from last season. And I think it goes back to the original argument that we had last campaign and what Neil Warnock said when he came in. It's the, the general lack of, of leaders. Um, we would just love to have Grant Ledbetter back that would just marshal that entire team and, and keep them grounded because not only was Grant Ledbetter... He never got too high, he never got too low either. He was just the perfect captain and I think we need somebody like that. Um, it's really shown, again, the lack of leaders that we that we have. And and like Tom said earlier, if you want to mount a playoff battle, you need to eradicate those mistakes and it's something that I think Neil Warnock will place um, big importance on. And um, I forgot as well, the Daniel Fisher and, and Jed Spence just sort of dawdling back. Um, playing uh, Sarah onside, so you know it was a very disappointing goal to concede. On the plus side, Daniel Fisher is the biggest shit house I think in in this squad at the moment. He's everywhere. He's absolutely everywhere. He's just commit doesn't matter where you're on the pitch. He's going to commit a foul somewhere, and I absolutely love it. I mean, if it's not in the box, obviously, but yeah, then I think you're absolutely spot on. I think the lack of leaders really does show um, for Borough defensively. Um, I don't. I don't think we're good enough. I thought, although Grant Hall was superb today and thoroughly deserved his man of the match award, I think overall we were poor. Um, poor, like poor defensively today. Even though, it was it was weird because we would nullify Watford uh, on the uh, when they had the ball. We made things difficult for them to break it down. But I think that overall players as a unit, I thought we were quite quite limp and slow, and the press wasn't as solid as it could be. And I thought Mills were just it, was just, it was just a game where it showed that, like, it's kind of the end of the season now. We're not really hitting the playoffs. Let's just go out and just do now. And it, was and a, just... it was a free hit for us, essentially, because yeah. whether you think it, you know, we're going to get into the playoffs or not, Watford, the most informed team in the championship, you may as well have a go. And then when we went 1-1, you're thinking maybe we could get something out of this because defensively we were good. You know, we, we really limited a really potent attack. But then we just sort of just sat back after that. We didn't go for the winner or anything like that. And that's what I'd have liked to have seen. Borough just playing on the front foot. That's just what I want to see from a Borough team. And yeah, it was kind of disappointing the way that we approached the game after we got that equaliser. We just didn't really go for it after that. I just thought it was the way we approached it full stop, I think. Um, they're just the... The overall player, like I said, the, the press wasn't there. I don't think. I, I think defensively, yeah, we did nullify them, but there was there still needs to be improvement there. And I think with Borough as well, even though the playoffs are out of question now, and they've probably been probably been and should have been out of question a long time ago, and credit to Borough to for getting as close as we possibly could this season. I think now you've got to really focus on next year and trying to cement your play, cement uh, a place in the squad next year and force Neil Warnock's hand not to go in the market for certain positions. When you look at centre back pairings, I think Grant Hall, I think Dale Fry do very very well there. 
and it's essentially keeping Nathan Wood out the team. Obviously, he's out on loan a, a, a crew at the moment, but I'm very, I'll be very, very surprised if he doesn't play in the eleven next year or the year after. Um, I think he's pretty much ready for that. And you, again, I think you look for a, like a left back. Mark Ball is there now; he's doing okay. It looks like Marvin Johnson probably could be out the door too. So it's we, it it it's questionable, I think. But with Bora now, yeah, it, it, um. I wasn't overly pleased, and it's kind of I'm, I'm underwhelmed in, in in a way. I think mm. we're we're not in a, in a decent position at the moment. But yeah, Tom Sam Marzi though um, went off injured and is now out for the remainder of the season with the the ligament injury, uh, like you mentioned at the start of the show. Um, a growing list of injuries now is Dale Fry, Tav, um, which are a couple of weeks away. But given that the season's probably close towards the end, I think they're probably out for the remainder of the season. A couple more injuries injuries off for the season too, but do you think this might have a positive impact to the team? Where we've seen something similar towards Housen, where Housen was injured and we were playing a bit too more. Sim- we were playing two similar players in midfield, um, and then one, once we removed one of that, we were able to progress forward and, and create more chances. Do you think we might see something similar there? Uh, potentially, but it depends who's going to step in. Uh, like you say, we've got a growing list of injuries. Tav would have been in centre midfield, but he's out injured. McNair would have been sent midfield, but Fry's out injured. So it it kind of depends how we handle this, who steps in and, and what formation we're going to see uh, for that one, I think. Um, potentially, there might might be a, a space there for, for someone from the under-23s to, to step up and go into sent uh, midfield. Um, obviously, Dyke still's been missing for a while. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but he played defensive midfield as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, potentially someone from the under twenty three could step up then. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's not not looking good with that uh, that growing list of injuries, and I think it's gonna it's gonna be more of of what I'm not liking seeing it at the moment, and players kind of having to play out of position. Um, I, I'd, I'd rather we had a squad where everyone could play in, in the position and just kind of end the season as well as possible, and uh, yeah, get a bit of momentum going for for the start of next season. Yeah, well, the the names you mentioned there, you could play Isaac Fletcher, you could also put Hayden Hackney in there as well. And I think the two players, well, Hayden Hackney, I thought was excellent against Brentford and we haven't seen him since. Uh, so it's it's typical Borough really, but it's, uh, it'd be nice to see him in the next couple of games playing in midfield. He, he, looked, he looked fairly comfortable too um, at the time. But uh, Tom, we, we did see Hayden Colson come into the squad yes, uh, today. Uh, obviously, the injury uh, to Housen it moved, not Housen, Morsey, um, and it, it moved him into a number 10 role where he's never really played there before. Um, how would you think he played today? Um, and also, Jake uh, sent us a question. He said, what do you think of Colson's performance today? I thought he did decent given the lack of playing time. So what, what was your thoughts on Hayden Colson today? I thought he did okay. Um, I, w- I was quite surprised to see him. Uh, he just he seems to have kind of come back into the squad, come back into favour of the last couple of games. Even more surprised to see him at number ten. Um, but I think one of the things he did do well was was his pressing today. Uh, I think he just had the energy to to do that quite well. And uh, I think it's kind of a, a contrasting view of what you mentioned earlier. I thought we did press well today, um, in particular. Fisher, Hall, um, the midfield as well, but also Coulson had, had that energy up front to uh, to keep kind of chasing down their defence and, and put the pressure on them, not let them play out from the back as much. Um, on the ball, I don't think he did kind of too much. 
Uh, but you could say that for a few of the the midfielders and, and attackers, really. Um, but in, in terms of executing the game plan and not giving them too much time on the ball, I think you did very well at that. Fair enough. Dana, would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think what you're always going to get with Hayden Coulson is energy. And I have felt a little bit sorry for him this season because I remember Barnsley in the cup, he played right back and he's a left-sided player. Uh, and then today he played through the middle centrally. And I know I think it was Neil Warner that said earlier on in the season about um, Hayden Coulson potentially playing in that position because he was going to for a certain game and then thought against it. Obviously, he decided to today. I do feel a little bit sorry for him in that his appearances this season... In some of them, he's been played out of position, but yeah, I thought he did. He did well out of possession, in particular. Like Tom said, I think he, he pressed really well, and um, I still don't think his future is really going to change. I do think that you know he's at an age now where he probably does want to go out and play regular football, and I just don't see that being a borough. So I don't think his future's changed, or he, he maybe he hasn't changed Neil Warnock's mind. But I, I do think he played well today. It's uh, it's a. Uh... Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a bit stuck with Hayden Coulson. I, I don't really know what to do with him. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like I don't know where his best position is. I don't know whether he could be a right winger, a left winger, a cent- a number ten, or a left fullback. It's, it's such a mystery, and I feel like he himself needs to find that out very, very quickly. And he'll probably be able to do that by playing a lot of games. So when you look at him now, I think that maybe a loan might be probably best for him next season, or to borrow, go and sell him. Do you know what I mean? He's not as as young as some of the players that are coming through now and, pl- and coming through the system, which Neil Warnock's supposedly very, supposedly very excited about. And it's an, inter- it's an interesting one, but I think that he has to find out very, very quickly. Um, Tom, were you going to say something there? No. He was gonna, on, on, <laughs> uh, he, yeah, like, he looked at me and I was just like, oh, uh, should I go? Um, but moving on, uh, Dana, I want to speak about the Borough goal. Uh, I thought it was absolutely superb. Uh, the, the, ball from, uh, the ball from Penny McNair on uh, Yannick Golassi's head um, and Borough were at level. It was only that one real piece of quality, I'm going to say, probably throughout the whole game. I thought the game was not for <laughs> not a good standard uh, I'm, I'm going to go with. But do you think Borough deserved it? I guess so, yeah. I mean, obviously we kept ourselves in the game and defensively we, we were sound. It was just <laughs> we did need that one moment of, of quality and and thankfully we got it. I mean, Watford weren't at their best and um, I think that was definitely a, an avenue for Borough to, you know, potentially get something out of the game from. So, you know, it was a quality ball from McNair and that's what he can offer us. And <laughs> the commentators were trying to place it so that he would ping one of those balls in um, before that and then it, they just kept cursing him and then thankfully the commentator didn't say anything for this one, <laughs> which we're all thankful for. And yeah, it was a fantastic fantastic delivery and also Yannick Balassi does have a good leap on him good spring on him so I think um yeah good to see him get off the get on the score sheet and chips and curry to celebrate maybe yeah chips and curry a date with a date with Dana and Yannick it'd be lovely that wouldn't it we'll get we'll get the cameras there and you just have them curry you just have them curry and chips at the chip van outside the ground it's funny actually because Dave's got, some, content. Dave's got some um, curry sauce downstairs, so chips and curry later on, I think. Is it? Oh, well, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, we, we, we may as well just tweet uh, Yannick Balassi after this then and show you your curry and chips to say, <laughs> can't wait for this, Yannick. Ah, it's a tweet idea. That. Let's, let's get that out after this. Um, but Dana, just to play devil's advocate on, on a couple of things, when you look at Borough's side, 
and you look at the likes of Watford and you look at Bournemouth and the quality they have in, in numbers as well. Um, I was looking at the Bournemouth team uh, on Friday and I was like, how on earth was this team get relegated to the to the championship? And then also looking at Watford as well, we've got some very, very good players there. When you look at like, Nathaniel Chalabar as well, who I think is an absolute baller. Um, I can't believe they're playing the championship. <sighs> Do you think Borough are massively punching above the weight here? Because we've been able to compete at such a level for the majority of the season. Um, we're towards the playoff places, but we just don't have that quality there. Do you think? Do you think that we've punched above our weight for the majority of the season? No, I think we've we've actually been unlucky not to be higher. I think because certain decisions that have gone against us and also shooting ourselves um, in the foot as well. But I do think we are where roughly we we should be potentially. The league is different this season than it was last. Um, I think there's there's teams that have obviously come up like Barnsley, for example, come from absolutely nowhere now in the top six. So I don't think we've been punching above our weight. I think we're largely where we should be. I mean, if you look in terms of like expected goals, if you want to look into that, I don't think we're too far away from where we should be in terms of um, expected goals. So I think we are, like I said, where we should be. And um, I don't think we've been punching above our weight at all. But there's still problems that need to be addressed. I know at the beginning of uh, last, sorry, the beginning of this season or the end of last season, I did say I want to see progression. I've seen a little bit of progression. Well, a, a decent amount of progression, but there's still big problems that, you know, like I said, the the lack of leaders, the costly mistakes that, you know, they've conceded, that have led to us conceding goals. That needs to be eradicated. But all in all, I think... We have seen signs of progress, which is good. Still want to see us score goals and play a different style of play, but that's not going to happen whilst uh, Neil Warnock's in charge, I don't think. Yeah, well, 31 years since Borough have had a, a goal scorer that scored more than 20 goals, and it's from Bernie Slaven was the last one to do that. Um, but then also, Dan, I'm really happy that I don't have to get a tattoo on my ass, to be honest, because at the start oh, yeah. of the season, and for the majority of the season... <clears throat> It looked like it could be a possibility, and I was I was getting so many tweets at me like every game, like "Oh, when are you going to get your tattoo, Johnny?" I'm like, "Well, you know what? <laughs> Next year, you guys can get a tattoo if we don't get promoted." Um, so, well, yeah, let's 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 move on to the questions because we've got quite a few of them this week. Um, Tom, we're going to start with you. One's from Rob Fletcher, um, and he says, "Who would you sell to fund the summer spend summer spend summer spending spree?" Um, we we will need to compete for the playoffs next season. So who would you sell to give us the funds? Thing is, I don't think we have that many saleable assets. Um, probably, <laughs> <Don't> lo- <laughs> probably looking at the the people who are out on loan at the moment: Lewis Wing and the forgotten man Stojanovic. Um, out of our team, and who Warnock fancies or not, Coulson might be in in danger of going out. Um, as as we were just saying earlier, he needs to play games, and will he be doing that next season? Not too sure. But yeah, anyone else would be leaving ourselves very thin. Um, it's it's just a shame that the people we we could have sold for a bit of uh, decent cash, uh, Britton Fletcher, and look like them might both be off for for nothing. So yeah, uh, we're we're quite limited with, with our options for for who to sell. Um, it might just be the uh, the case of kind of being clever and bringing in people on on freeze and approaching people in the in the last year of the contract, like Bielkowski. 
<laughs> just, 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 just. Why don't you just tweet him, Tom? Why don't you just tweet him? I'm <laughs> tweet, 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 tweet him every day until he signs. It's like a new free yellow Boston. Uh, free Bilkowski. <laughs> well, the, the next question we've got is from Josh Hollis, um, and this is a bit of a this is a bit of a a questionable one. You know, I'm looking at it, when, but then uh, said it's not relevant to today, but. If Fletcher leaves on a free, which it looks quite likely, um, where does he rank among the worst Borough signings of all time? Seven million plus wages down the drain for four years and a handful of good, uh, good performances and goals. Um, now, just to to to, par- to amend that slightly, it was seven million, but it was add-ons, which it was the so it was like an initial fee plus add-ons, which would have been a seven million pound deal. I don't think we've done that because we haven't got promoters, and I don't think he's got. There was like a goal. Apparently, apparently, I see quotations <laughs> here. If you're not, if you're not, if you're not watching us, I'm doing quotation. Apparently, there was a goal bonus in there as well. Um, so whether he's hit that or not, I don't know. Um, so Ashley Fletcher, worst signing of all time. Disgusting. What, the worst Where's he rank? Ooh. Where does he rank? I don't think he does. Just for that West Brom goal and and the scenes against Tottenham. But I get I get what Josh is putting forward there. I mean the outlay, the transfer outlay versus what we've gone back. We've got one good season out of him, so it's not a good deal or not at the moment not a good deal that that um not one that reflects particularly well on Borough. Personally, I do think he's gone. I think it's telling that uh, Warnock hasn't started him the last two games, didn't play him today, that he's preferred what more ahead of him. When he is fit and, and available, I think that's either Warnock basically saying, right, you, you're gone, or him trying to push Fletcher to make a decision because I know that obviously he's waiting until the end of the season to decide his future, but th- th- there's been some bad signings, let's be honest. I mean, Rudy just said you can't knock you can't knock him off the top, to be fair, but... Yeah, yeah the... <sighs> Guardiola, five million. Uh, he he was one. Lee Don Gook. Lee Don Gook. You've got uh, Rudy Gustad. Well, see what you mentioned. He was six point five million, mm. and we didn't even get one good. We didn't even get one good season. We didn't get one good game out of Rudy <laughs> no, Gustad for four seasons. Yeah, Never mind that. Yeah, there's been a few. I, if, for me, he doesn't. I don't think he makes the list of like the top five, maybe even the top ten. I think there's been some even um even loan signings you could probably put in there as well, like Dwayne Dali, Kike Sola. Caleb Fallen. <laughs> yeah, there's there's been some really awful signings, some stinkers, so I don't know. I mean I, I like I said, I understand the point, but I don't think that he is um in in my top ten anyway of uh, of worst signings. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's in my top ten either. I think Britt probably goes. It would probably be worse than Fletch, given that we spent like sixteen million plus add-ons. Fifteen. Oh, fifteen. Sorry, yeah. Borough are going to be after you now. They're going to be writing a club statement. <laughs> going to be fifteen banned. million plus add-ons plus wages. Brits cost us a lot more money, um, and it was supposed to fire us to the Premier League, and it never really materialised. But Brit's record is actually quite good for Boris, so I would say it was a worse transfer fee from what we got with Fletcher. Um, right, next question. It's from Charlie, and he says, with the se- season Peter and out and Warnock admitting the race is all for the playoffs, uh, what can we do to get excited about uh, excited about with regards to the last seven games? 
or do we just look forward to next season? Is it is it just hope that Josh Corburn starts like a house on fire? Uh, so yeah, what can we do? We get excited for next season. Uh, who wants to take it? Go on, Tom. Go for it. I, th- I think just with this one, as I said earlier, try and end with a bit of momentum. Just approach the um, the last. What was it? Seven games or six games? Uh, at six now. It's six now. Sorry, but the, oh. the question was submitted when we had seven. Still uh, uh, approach this last six games just with the the attitude that you may as well just go for it. Really, try and play some exciting football. Um, try and you know play play for contracts if players are playing for contracts and just have a go. Really, I'd like to see. Uh, you know, us playing consistently with with the wingers that we've signed, with like Mendes, Lang, Cabano, and, and Balassi getting the game like they did against. Uh, really, obviously, that wasn't a great game to to watch or kind of judge them from. But I wouldn't want to judge them just from a, a game in isolation either. Just we, we know we've been missing that uh, for for the last few seasons, really. Um, and we've got fans coming back next season, so try and end it on a high. Try and get more people excited about next season. Try and shift a few more season tickets. Um, and yeah, just hopefully uh, we'll all be back in the ground by August, and it'll be quite a quite an upbeat atmosphere for the start of next season. Yeah, I can't wait for the first game of the season to get beat three 0 Can't wait. <laughs> Being can't the concourse wait. after the first goal. Yeah, <laughs> I sound like such a pessimist when I say that, but everyone knows it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting one. But what what do you think Borinia do to to get fans excited? I know Tom said there, play consistent football, trying have a goal, get some results for for next for the start of next season. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think, like I said earlier, I just want, I personally, uh, you know, from my personal standpoint, I just want to see Borough play on the front foot. Like games today, for example, when when we make it one all and we get back into the game, go for it. Go for it. You know, I, I hate the phrase, there's nothing to lose because there's a football match to lose. But at the same time, I would just love for Borough to, I don't know, maybe be a little bit risky and not go gung-ho, of course, and push all men forward and do a Steve McLaren and, and throw the kitchen sink at it. But at the same time, just try to take a little bit of a risk and try to be proactive. And, um, you know, there was a, a phase of play earlier today where we actually quickened the play. I think it was um, Matt Baller got into the box. It was a, a nice little one-two, I think. Things like that, It just I think it gets people excited when you quicken the tempo and when you try to be attacking and... It's all fine and well being defensive-minded, and I understand why we do, because as long as you keep it compact, you've got a chance of getting something out of a football match. But wouldn't it be great to see a Borough side that's the flip opposite of that and tries to outscore teams? That's what I'd like to see. It's not going to happen. It probably won't happen for God knows how long, but that's what I'd like to see. In terms of realistically what we can do, just like I said, taking risks and trying to be a little bit more playing on the front foot. Yeah, uh, I think I was going to say, Danny, you're going to have to wake up from your dream if you want me to play free floor and attacking football. I don't, I've, I don't think I've ever seen that in a, in a long, long time. Even like under under Steve McLaren, even though we had the the quality going forward, and also under under Brian Robson, we we did show qualities at times. But we were never really a full fully fledged attacking side. Um, so it, it, it's an interest. It's an interesting. One. I don't know whether it can happen or not, but. I think with Neil Warnock in charge and the sound he's going to make over the next couple of seat or over the next season, I think we're going to become a very, very Neil Warnock team. And it's going to 
a long time for us to become that attacking free flow side if, if you ever wanted that to be. Um, but I think for Borough fans should stick to defensive football and enjoy enjoy, enjoy the process. Um, but ne- the next question uh, is, is from Paulie Mack and he says, a lot of people, including the Gazette, are saying Borough in a good place for next season. If you take into account the amount of players that are out of contract and loans ending, is it a massive rebuilding job? Again, um, who wants to take this one because it's it's a nice little question. Like, Dana, do you want to go again? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's always going to be a rebuild, really, isn't it? And I just feel like we're on another transition season. It's another building block campaign again, and um, well, it it certainly fizzled out to be that. I know that we've we've got ourselves into a really good position, or we did get ourselves into a really good position uh, earlier on in the campaign and then we sort of tailed off a little bit after January but it does feel like we we are still building and I don't know how long this is going to take I, I honestly don't know the future of, of Borough to be honest because Neil Warnock's not going to be in charge forever I mean as much as he probably liked it and probably thinks that he will he probably won't be and um, I, I don't know what, what, what can Borough really do to to keep building I think we just need to keep adding to the squad and uh, and making sure that we're constantly improving because like I said I think we've seen improvement this season but the main stumbling blocks are still very much present and that's something that we need to we need to address I think with with Borough this summer it's a massive massive summer for us and it's a great summer really when you think about it because with the players that are leaving and all the big wage earners have gone it gives Borough a really good canvas to restructure the way the playing staff appeared and then also the way that Neil Warnock can shape this squad for an, another run next year. Uh, so it's a, it, it's, it's going to be a good, good summer for us, I think. I hope it is. Whether it is or not, I don't know because typical Borough always comes to mind and we don't really always get what we want. So, Tom, would you, would you agree? Do you think Borough is, is a massive job season? I wouldn't say massive, but I agree with what you just said about we're in a good position uh, with with the the last of the high earners off the books. Really, I think now it's just it's really the time to to get what we need. I'm sure after this season, Warnock knows exactly what we need to to mount a, a promotion challenge next season. We do need leaders in the team. Um, you know, we, we need added quality in in a couple of areas. Probably a, a couple of different options up front now, uh, with, with Britton Fletcher leaving. Um, I wouldn't say it's a massive rebuild, but there's obvious areas to sign players for. But I'm sure Warnock knows that and he knows exactly what we need for, for next season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does with the likes of Cabano and Balassi and Mendes Lang as well. And, you know, obviously Cabano's not a contract or anything, but I think obviously with Balassi being out of contract, Mendes Lang not having the club, we could potentially add add to the, add to the, the squad there. And it'd be interesting to see if we could get Balassi on a permanent, given that his wages are probably going to be astronomical, really, given that he's been at Everton and he signed for, what, 27 to £30 million pound or something he signed for Everton for? Big thing, so yeah. He, yeah, he he won't be cheap, and it depends where Balassi's head is. Does he want to stay or not? I feel like he probably would. If 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 it all aligns, I think I think Balassi would be happy to stay. But whether he does or not, I'm a bit unsure. Um, but you were saying there, Tom, that we're need to look for options. And Dana, I can see your face going to drop in a minute. But Phil uh, sent us a question. He said, "Chad Evans, 
um, question mark. Uh, obviously, Middlesbrough reported um, from Alan Nixon from the from the from the Sun said that Middlesbrough would be interested in Chet Evans if he was not to sign an extension with Preston North End in the summer. So, Dan, I'll come to you second because um, I think we already know your answer given given your tweet uh, yeah, given your tweet yesterday. Um, but Tom, Chet Evans, yes or no? Would you sign him? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think when when Preston came to the Riverside, he he was a physical presence up front, and he was one of the the few players in that Preston team that actually stood out to me anyway. Um, and I, I think that offers something we haven't had up front this season. Um, so if we sign him as as I said there, we need a couple of options up front. If we sign him, him as one of those options and not kind of the the main focal point of of the attack, yeah, go for it. Uh, see, I think that I think I, I'm going to say no because I think he's 33 in December. Can, is it really a good fit? If, if it was mean? short term, maybe not. Not obviously a long term option, but yeah, short short term, it, it could absolutely work. Mm. Third, fourth, straight kind of thing. We did sign Nugent. Obviously, Nugent was 30 at the time, wasn't he? And he, he turned out to be a very, very good signer for us, but I think with Chad Evans, it's I think it's too late now, I think, for us to to really make an impact on the deal. I think if the if Bora want to have a structure of trying to get money back for a lot of players, like we said earlier, we don't have many. You know what I mean? You've probably got Dale Fry who's what, 10, 15, 15 million probably max. Wouldn't sign as left bootless. I mean <laughs> I'm not being funny, but if Borough got fifteen to twenty million for Dale Fry, I think I would drive him. I think I would drive him to that destination, then go back if you forgot anything. Do you know what I mean? Like twenty million pound would just restructure the whole squad. And like, but yeah, obviously with Tav as well, I can't see Tav going for much either. Um, so Borough don't really have much sellable assets. To be honest, I know like, we are quite biased being Borough fans, but look at it from a different perspective if you weren't a Borough fan who really would you want to sign from our team apart from maybe McNair or Dale Fry you probably can't really say anymore can you um, but Dana you weren't happy with the Chad Evans link you're, you're a no-go football wise it pales into insignificance for me just because of the obvious um, I know people say that it was you know, he, he was found not guilty through the the retrial, but does that mean he's an innocent man? Absolutely not. Um, he was found not guilty because they couldn't prove beyond all reasonable doubt that he didn't do what he was alleged to have done. And and as a woman, um, and just as a person, it makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable. And even just like the conversation now makes me feel incredibly icky. So for me, it's a it's a big no. Big no, no then. Fair enough. That will will move on. Um, just don't think it's yeah. For what you obviously you said that then, and obviously I just don't think it makes sense. But I I understand your uh, point as well, Tom. Where like he's got he's got a fairly decent record. He looked good uh, for Preston, but whether the longevity is there and what we've seen with the likes of friend Clayton Ledbetter, once they start hitting to a certain age, the legs started to like get a little bit slower and things weren't as you know progressive and. Things start to slow down, and that's where that's where you will realise as well as within the football side of things. And you've also got the other side of it as well around like the allegations and stuff like that, free man and stuff like that. But again, like 
do you want to put that to the club as well? And that can make it more uncomfortable too. So it's an interesting one, uh, but I don't think realistically it'll happen anyway. Um, but the next question we've got, <laughs> I can't, I, I'm, I'm so sorry I didn't put the name on this, but it says Jed Spence. Why? <laughs> Just why? <laughs> um, go on. Go on, Dana. Jed Spence. Why? Just why? You're going uh, <sighs> to... He's he's the one player I think that needs a loan more than anyone this season. He's um, the he's the one player where people just need to lay off him a bit. I mean, I know today is inexcusable, but I feel like people are already prepared to scapegoat Jed Spence, and it and it's a shame. But it seems as though we've already got our new scapegoat for next season. And I mean, the the guy's twenty; he's twenty years old. We t- we spoke about it on the podcast a couple of episodes ago that they just need time and patience. And I don't think Jed Spence isn't good enough. That seems to be the argument from a lot of people that he's not good enough anyway. So <clears throat> I don't agree with that. Um, I think he's more than capable, and I think we jump on the, the the criticism a little bit too much with these young players. So you know, for me, I think yeah, he could potentially benefit from a move, um, like a low move. But I think the the criticism is it's getting to a point now where I even saw somebody saying that he was arrogant and then um, trying to prove that by zooming in on a picture of him arriving at the stadium. Like, is this really what we've come to? I just don't really understand it. So, yeah, for potentially yeah, a loan spell. I mean, it depends on Boris transfer business, obviously, on that right-hand side. Do we bring in a winger? Do we bring in a... I mean, right back, we've already got Fisher and, and Dykesteel. So, yeah, he could benefit from a loan spell away. But I do think we just need to be patient with him and we just need to trust him a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'd I agree with you on that one. That, that cracks me up, though. That sub one said he's arrogant where they've zoomed in a picture of him arriving. I that's, could not brilliant. believe it when I saw that. I was like, <laughs> is this seriously what we have come to? Like, It's unbelievable oh, the levels that people will just go to, to anywhere. The thing is, we're, we're Borough fans and we're, we're any academy graduate. They play two good games initially and then we big them up to be the next Juninho. <laughs> And then, like we we think they're going to be like the the best things in sliced bread, and we can't believe how good they are. And we're singing the praises. And then the one week after, we're like, ah, well, he's crap, him. You know what I mean? He's rubbish. Um, <laughs> he's arrogant. He's arrogant. Him. Look at him. Look at him driving his Ford Focus. Look at him. <laughs> I don't even know if he drives a Ford Focus. It's kidding, weird. Um, but it's 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 a hard one. I think mean, he's had a. I think he's had a, a rough a rough go over the last couple of months and it's just because of really bad inconsistencies and him learning his game. I think I think he's had to go back to go forward again. But I think him going him regressing slightly is probably going to make him a better player. Um and I think Neil Warnock's trying to train him to be a, a different type of player to what he was, what we seen maybe probably about twelve months ago. So it's uh it's it's an interesting one, but I think he does need a low move. Uh, just just for game just for game time and development reasons because I don't think he's going to get much of a look in next year. Um, but I have every confidence that he's going to he'll he'll come good and hopefully just come good because if he's you know where we're going. Um, so <laughs> um, so Tom Jed Spence, do you want to add anything to that, or are you happy for us to move on? No, I, I agree with with what Dana said on that. I think he he is still young. Uh, for me, he could definitely uh, benefit from a loan move next season. <clears throat> but I think it's the same kind of problem we talked about earlier with Coulson. 
have not really kind of known what the position is because he's played right back this season. He's played right wing this season. He's played right wing back this season. Like, and left wing. Needs, don't forget left yeah. wing. <laughs> he needs to play consistently in a position, and I think the only way he's going to be able to do that is going out on loan, you know, playing consistently for a team and and finding that out for himself, really. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like we were saying about Tav like a, couple, a few podcasts ago, where Tav learned and found his best position because he was able to play in different positions and develop his game and learn from and learn a completely different perspective and understand and appreciate those positions even more. So when he was playing those, he's probably like, okay, well, this is where I need to adapt my game. This is where I can potentially improve. This is where my strengths lie, and this is where it all develops as a, as a professional footballer and. Yeah, like you're saying, like Jed Spence only had what one year, one year professional. This is the mm-hmm. second year this year, really one and a half, one yeah. and a half years. He just needs time, I think, and hopefully that a long move next year will probably be the best thing yeah. for him. But still love him just because of the Manjaros. So I was uh, <laughs> well. Have you been watching the the Yusuf meets? Because one of the the big themes of of those so far, you know, you spoke with uh, Yusuf spoke with um, Housen and 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 Savile, and and in those in particular. They both mentioned how they just needed time, um, and even those experienced players, they just need time. And something that I'm going to try and do myself next season is is allow these players time because I think a lot a lot of the time you do see that they do progress, and sometimes we'll play players in positions that aren't theirs, and then we'll like we've seen with Spence, like we've seen with Coulson, like we saw with Savile when he first came in here, and, and we were all very critical of Savile on the podcast being played in different roles in midfield, being played right wing, uh, left wing back. It's, you know, I think you need to be patient with these players and I'm, you know, I'm definitely going to be patient with Spence. I mean, today it was, it was inexcusable. He did need to, um, you know, get back into position and get back into shape a lot quicker than he did. Um, but I'm, yeah, I think the the main sort of takeout from, from the use of meets and just from, so the the opinions in general is just give these players the opportunity to grow and progress and go through the motions as well and and have bad spells don't get the pitchforks out on them because they they will get better or at least i hope maybe i'm just being the eternal optimist there but i do think jed spence will get better yeah i think when you're not when when you're not starting as well and you're not playing games on a regular basis like you, 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 you are really inconsistent, and it takes time to get to get good. Like if, if an example for us, like say if me and Tom play, play sevens on a Friday, if I miss one or two weeks, I am off off the boil completely for like that first half an hour because you just you lose the tempo of the game, and then you you know you you're not as sharp going forward. You're not looking for that pass. You you misplacing things. You're missing chances, and then it, it does eventually click. But that. You know that element of your game, it, you do really lose it when you're not playing, and I don't. Think that's why I was saying like those, those games, and when you when you're playing elevens or you're playing sevens off or fives or anything anything like that, you just need to play consistency, and that's how you get sharp, and that's how the confidence starts to go and go up, and hopefully you can do that. Uh, I think it was, his best performances last year were really because he was playing and he's playing consistently under Jonathan Woodgate. So yeah, I hope we're just the same, um, but. He is a current scapegoat. But the next question, Tom, uh, it's from Simon. He says, are you excited about next season as much as Mr. Warnock is? Because Neil Warnock's been really big in next season up. Um, so I'm going to reluctantly not put myself out there and say <coughs> I want a tattoo next year. Um, so 
Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that now. Um, but are you excited for next season, Tom? You know what? I, I am, yeah. But it's nothing really to do with what Warnock's been saying recently. I think that, however much it's been like a year out of the stadium, it desperately makes you want to go back. Like before. Before the the pandemic happened, the lockdown happened, and everything like that, I was starting to grow like a lot of apathy towards Borough. Um, after the last peel this year, and then what we had under Woodgate, it it made me not want to renew. And that's the first time since I've had my season ticket, and I mean I had my season ticket since Southgate's first season. So that's the first time since then. I'm just like, you know what? I can't I can't be doing this anymore. Like I'll, I'll use my money for something better. But we've had a year out, Warnock's come in, obviously ended the last season on, on a bit of a high note. Then this season, it it's easier to, to kind of become attached to Borough again. Um, so I'm I'm just looking forward to that first first game next season. Uh, you know, the, the atmosphere outside the ground. Hopefully, this is, assuming we're all still allowed in, um, you know, you've got the atmosphere outside the ground. I might be selling Fly Me to the Moon. Um, I've better crack of the the regular buyers, you know, burger from the van. You, you miss all that, so I'd say it's it's that I miss more than than the football because the last experience of football at the Riverside wasn't great. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think Warnock's in that for next season. It's just kind of the bonus on top of that. I think how, how could you not look forward to to next season after what we've been through in the last year? Yeah, I think I'm excited to see if we bring a few players for next year. I really am. Um, for me, I, if we were to do predictions for next year, I think fans are going to be like, yeah, well, Neil Warnock's here. We're going to go for promotion. Again, I don't think we're going to be ready next year um, as much as we want to be. I, I don't think the club is ready for that jump. And I think if we were to make that jump and we got promoted, I feel like we'd find things very, very difficult in the Premier League of the season after. Um, I think we're still in a rebuilding phase. I'm excited by a rebuild and I'm excited to see who we bring in. Um, and I'm also excited to see a couple of players come through because there's a few players that we've have been tipped for for very, very good things. You know, as I, uh, as I Jones is doing very, very well at Queen of the South at the moment, but that obviously means nothing um, because Scottish football, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that does it. Um, but obviously Sam Falaren's coming through as well. You know, you've got Hayden Hackney, you've got Isaac Fletcher, and you've got Conor Malley too. So there's there's a lot of talent there. Neil Warnock's saying how good people are, Josh Corburn too. So I'm excited for that. But I think realistically, I think we're not going to go up next year either. So there, I said it. Yeah, playoffs at least? Or? I don't know. I don't know. I think when I looked at us today, uh, and I looked at the likes of Watford, and given I think Watford are probably up now with Norwich, and the, you see the teams that could potentially come down. It's a bit of a shark tank, isn't it? You've got Sheffield United, and um, I appreciate they'll have a new manager that won't stick with Heckenbottom. I don't think. Um, you've got Fulham that are potential with the you know the flirting with Newcastle at the moment. And if but either or, that's a shark tank in itself. And you've got West Brom too with Sam Allardyce, who who shown against Chelsea that. They are very, very much. They've had, they've had a bad season, but they've got real quality there. You've got those three teams. You've got the likes of Brentford if they don't go up. Um, you've got Barnsley who look good. Uh, you know, you've got obviously if Bournemouth don't go up, you've got them as well, and they might have to lose a few players. And QPR, I think, are, are your dark horses next year as well under Mark Warburton. I think they look very, very solid. 
And for me, there's, there's, I think there's just too many teams that are better than us. I think, and ideally, if if we get some good signings in and give it a good go, then yeah, fine, why not? We'll be in and around it. But it's it, it's hard for me to to say uh, yes. Whether I'm that's me being pessimistic or not, but I don't know. I don't think we're ready for it. I really don't. I don't. We have enough quality there at all. But who knows? Could sign Messi in the window. <laughs> <laughs> why have we signed? Why have we signed him for? Why have we signed him? He's thirty-four. <laughs> the absolute scenes when uh, Haaland's been linked to Barcelona, Real Madrid, and then Borough come out of nowhere and snatch him. <laughs> signed him for? What's, and play what's him right done? back. He's, what's what's he done? <laughs> what do you mean? He's garbage. Him. He's garbage. Not Bernie Slaven, is he? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You can never win with Borough fans, could you? So, but yeah, I, think that, I just think, I just think, realistically, if you had a gun to my head, next year promoted, no, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to go with. And yeah, you never know. In, in our season preview podcast in a few weeks, I might change my mind. So, <laughs> but right now, nah, not a chance. Um. You're both looking at me there like, oh, he, he, oh I think he, you've cracked you think, up. <laughs> just, just think, <laughs> you've cracked up, Johnny. I, I, I want to see you make the same bet for next season. Do you think we'll get promoted next year? Cheers. I, I think we'll be higher than we are this season. Well, I suppose it depends on the transfer window, really, doesn't it? And whether we, <clears> I, you know, whether we rectify the key problems at hand at the moment, bring in some leaders, bring in some experienced players. Get the right striker. We've got to get the right striker at some point. You watch, we'll sign another Chubrak Palm that quite clearly doesn't suit the way that we play. Playing right wing. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm, I'm not, not holding my breath. But last question. It's a bit of a question, I want to be honest. Uh, it's from Peter Green. He says, why doesn't the Gazette criticise Bettinelli? And also, they're still banging about top six. Do you think they represent the fans anymore? Um, I feel like he, just, he should just tweet the Gazette, to be honest. Um, but... Th- who wants to take it, Tom? Do you want to take this one? Twice, twice yeah, I mean, you, you know, about top six, it's not mathematically impossible. <laughs> so <laughs> I can see why they kind of keep that story going. Personally, now, although I've said it over the last few weeks, I think we can still do it. Over the last few games, no, I don't think we can anymore. Um, it is mathematically still possible, but I don't think we will get there. But it's it's kind of like an ongoing story. It's like what Sky Sports would do for like race for for the playoffs. Like, oh, anyone in the top ten can get it. But like, is anyone in the top ten going to get it though? It's going to be you know seventh at most who can who can sneak in. Um, Bettinelli, I don't know. Um, it might just be because he's starting every week, and we don't kind of need that that criticism uh, at the moment. It, probably would do more harm than, than good to, to criticise. Maybe at the end of the season, if they do kind of a end of the season wrap-up and kind of unle- unleash then. But uh, yeah, I, I think at the moment it, it probably wouldn't help anyone to, to be criticising them. Unless you're Dana. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Shady. <laughs> um, but... Let's move on. Let's chat about Barnsley next week. Uh, Dana, have you got a little breakdown on Barnsley? To... No, enough. you haven't. <laughs> uh, well, I'll be fumbling like Boris Johnson in this, but we'll 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 make do with it. Um, wait, Tom, have you got the the form? 
Yeah, so they're currently 2-1 up against Luton. Uh, <laughs> currently Google here at uh, and the 6th minute of the 90th minute of injury time. Uh, so probably won that, unless there's some sort of dramatic comeback in, in the time where I read these hours. But they seem to be doing really well. Um, up until uh, a few games ago, they, they had a nil-all draw with, with Derby and they seem to have stumbled a little bit. Um, then they beat Bournemouth 3-2 uh, away from home. Beat Wickham 3-1 away from home. Had a man sent off in that one. 2-1 loss to Sheffield Wednesday then. After that, and then a, um, a one-all draw against Redden. And I can confirm that they have now beaten Luton 2-1. That is full-time now. Back to you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. I was thinking it was very soccer Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send Soccer Saturday me uh, my media tip. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The podcast has peaked. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Anyways, <laughs> so they play a three-four-three. Three. Um, we saw what well, we've played them many times this season. I feel like um, it's deja vu again, but. You know, they like to play the ball out from the back. We saw that in both the meetings against them this season. They'll play it out from the goalkeeper. They're really not afraid to take risks uh, in possession of the ball. Um, they're a very patient side. They press incredibly well. There was a clip that went around um, when they played Chelsea in the Cup. They are a very, very fearless team. The, the type of team that I'd love Borough to sort of try to em- emulate. Um, and I guess another team that when we were talking about... Um, sort of fitting a style of play to a club rather than a manager. I think Barnsley are that sort of team. Um, <clears throat> but uh, when I was looking at Duncan Watmore's goals per shot ratio, he was second to, to Carlton Morris. Carlton Morris has um, six goals for them this season, so he's he's incredibly um, potent and you know clinical. Collier draws on, on 11 goals. Alex Moore, who will forever be on my transfer wish list until the day that he retires, uh, is on seven. And again, you know, he's he's one that would take the box for Borough in terms of leadership, um, really comes to the fore, uh, really grounds them. Um, in terms of the way that they play, they do like to take shots at goal. Uh, they rank fifth uh, for shots per game with uh, 11.8. So you know, against them, it's it, it's going to be difficult because because of their high press, they do tend um, to really sort of stifle opposition and, and apply pressure on them. So when Borat are in possession of the ball, I think they need to release it quick, which is a a criticism that I've had of them. And even today, we saw it where I think Cabano had the ball and he could have released Duncan Watmore and he didn't, um, and he really needed to release the ball uh, quicker and, and and earlier. That's something that Barnsley will really put pressure on on Borough to do um so that you know they're they're a fantastic team they've come from <laughs> absolutely no I think they were Elliot's pick for <clears throat> surprise package this season and in fairness what? he's he, you know he's he's um made up for his Sam Stubbs player to watch uh shall with <laughs> with Barnsley but yeah you know they're a good team and and good luck to them if they're in the playoffs. I think seeing them in the the Premier League next season would be would be interesting. I think they're a fantastic team, and I think they deserve to um, they deserve to go up. To be fair, I'd be interested to see them in uh, them and Brentford in a, in a playoff semi or the the, yeah. the final. To be honest, I think it'd be a really really good game to watch that. And yeah, I think they've been excellent this year as well. And I'm not surprised with the success that they've had. 
what are your predictions for the game? Do you, do you feel like Millsborough can go there and get something? Mm, I, you know what? I think so. I think I don't think we'll win the game, but I'm going to go with an optimistic draw. I think one all for me. One all for Dana Tom. I would go nil nil. Nil nil. I, uh, I think uh, that that game, that last away day we went yeah, to before we lockdown did. last season, still lives rent free in my head, and and such a an awful game. What an awful game it was. Yeah. So when I think Barnsley, I yeah. think it's going to be bad. But the the best part mm. of that that day was starting Janino's magic in that old centre place, and then it was still got like ten minutes. <laughs> it was brilliant. Oh, sweet Caroline was up there as well. Like. Sweet Caroline, yeah. That, we had, we see we had an all right day, didn't we? I mean, like the, the yeah. drive home and, and stuff like that wasn't great, but you know, I thought we had a we had an all right day out. Um, that was the last game we watched as well, wasn't it? So yeah, but yeah, uh, I want to go with I want to go with. Uh, two one Barnsley, I think. I mean, I think Barnsley are going to edge it against us, um, and I feel like we're not going to be too fussed about the result either, because I feel like our our season's pretty much done and dusted now, isn't it? So I'll be <coughs> interested to see if we uh, if we play a couple of the young lads as well, like Corburn uh, to go up front, and maybe play Hayden Hackney in there as well uh, for midfield. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, thank you very much for joining me as always and thank you to the listener uh, for listening to us or watching us on YouTube really do appreciate it uh, we've got some more guest pods coming up soon as well so hopefully we can share those with you um, but that's pretty much it um, Borough's season is near enough done but with six games to play there's plenty of food for thought um, but we're with you every step of the way um, this has been the Borough Breakdown Podcast and that was our master chatter in a pod back to you Jeff Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 